Alright, it's time to fire up this podcast for one more kick of the can in July. This is your host, Audrey Russo, for the RC After Hours podcast, episode number 77. Haven't quite come up with a title yet, but I'm thinking this show is going to be pretty significant. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. This would be the post-Flight Fest Ohio 2020 wrap-up show. But as we all know, a call was made, a very important call, a significant call, the right call. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, Flight Fest didn't happen this year. That's hard. That's really hard. And it started hitting me when a lot of the memories on my phone and social media started popping up. Um, and I want to talk about the strength of the community, that family. There's there's the volunteers, the flight crew, and then all the people that go that we meet every year. And uh, it was really refreshing to see everybody start talking about what Flight Fest means to them and really just having that discussion and sharing photos and sharing all the good memories right back from like, you know, Flight Fest 1, Texas, Florida, California, all those fantastic events that that I've been very fortunate to be part of. So huge shout out, huge thank you. Thank you guys, um, because I was feeling pretty freaking miserable. I'd be going to work, and I hadn't even taken any vacation in July. Because what's the point, right? Nothing is going to recharge me. Nothing is going to really make me feel happy. Um, so it was really nice just to have those conversations. I missed a uh, online video chat with everybody one night. I just wasn't feeling up to it. Um, but it's been nice to have that conversation conversation going and everything so thanks guys thanks everybody uh you mean the world to me because uh it's it's gonna be a tough winter i'm really really worried about that because you know flight fest was this opportunity as i said to recharge and really come back and bounce back strong for the rest of the season kind of thing so (sighs) um Technical change on the show. Uh, I don't know if anybody listened to the last one. I was really upset after I heard it in post. Uh, there was a crackle buzz thing going on. So I've actually taken care of it. And the uh, the Marantz microphone is uh, has been put to the side. And I'm actually using a Blue Yeti Black Edition or whatever, whatever it was called. Anyhow, the point being, my audio should be fantastic now. There shouldn't be any excuses and everything. So fingers crossed as we record this that it's doing a really good job. So again, this is episode 77. Uh, and it's kind of significant in that um, this marks the time point where the, the podcast, I guess, went into revision or version three of its of its uh, of its lifespan. Uh, first one was Chris and the boys back when it was the FT uh, after hours. And then we... Um, uh, you know, then became the RC after hours when I kind of joined in and we kind of moved away from the flight test community or flight fest envelope. And then last year at this point, Chris decided that he, uh, he no longer could do it. And, uh, I respect him for making that call. Like I said, in that episode, that means August, the next episode will be my one year as a solo, uh, host on the show. And I'm, I'm, I have mixed feelings. Um, the show means a lot. The community means a lot to me. But I don't know if we're making 
the progressions that I thought we would be making. Uh, I, I certainly enjoy it. I certainly try and find the time and make the time to, for consistent episodes. I know I'm slacking in July, but it's called July. You know, I am trying to fly, and I'm. we're going to talk about some of the really cool projects I've got going that have been driven and pushed and suggested by the fans. So um, this comes back to some of the earlier episodes. Of what are you guys looking for? What do you want out of this show? What do you want out of this experience? What can I do for you? Uh, so keep thinking about it. Let that percolate for a bit. Uh, RC After Hours Podcast at gmail.com. Um, or on, on any of the social media platforms. Uh, and thanks for all the follows on the uh, Instagram page. That That's growing. I try and keep that as hobby-focused as possible and, uh, and and keep my ugly mug off the, uh, off the page because it's more about the hobby and stuff like this. But, you know, I'll slip in there from time to time because it is, you know, I'm the... I guess on the lens, yeah, that's that's the that's the term. Uh, you're seeing the hobby through my eyes very often, uh, and unfortunately, it, it is a little skewed from my end of the of the pond or, or, or the line. So, um, speaking of, of all things Flight Fest, um, before Flight Fest uh, was even really factored in, uh, I'd hatched a plan. Something had happened, and I guess this is going to be the fun part of the show for me. We get to talk about an acquisition uh, that, unfortunately, I, I think I, what I put out on social media was I'm officially in a long-distance relationship. And uh, so one night I was bantering away, talking to some of my friends and saying, uh, here are the here are the things that are on, on, on my top list that I'd like to achieve for 2021. And it was more so for 2020, this year. And it was things like Balsa. So there's the, uh, the Wacko Project, which is making... Uh, Wacko, taco, taco, wacko. I'll never get that right. Anyhow, the biplane. <laughs> we'll be safe. I'm just saying the biplane, the yellow biplane. Um, it's making slow progress. Uh, there is no rush. And the problem with that is because some of the parts are actually locked away in a facility that's closed until this pandemic is under control. Um, so along the same vein, I came up with an opportunity. Uh, John Davis. It's all John's fault. Blame John for once. Don't blame Andre. And um, John sends me this link, uh, and this is before any of this stuff had really entered into our lives. So we're talking uh, April, uh, according to my notes. And, you know, it was international, but it wasn't really, you know, we had zero idea that the borders were going to be shut down and everything. So the plan was hatched, you know, and it was, it, it is a, and if you've seen the photos and I'll throw them in with the podcast, I guess it's a hangar nine carbon cub and it's beautiful. And the price is right. It's got a 20 C motor and it's got some little upgrades and servo. I can't buy the frame, the airframe, the R airframe for what I paid for this thing. And, and John was like, oh, yeah, I know who this guy is. Uh, I know him through, I don't know him directly, but I know of him. And uh, ironically enough, I'm going to be in his uh, location in a day or two. And so we got him onto a chat and boom, I own a Hangar 9 Carbon Cub. I'm over the moon. I'm like, yes, 2020 is going to be freaking wild. You know, it's exactly, it's a gas. And everybody's been talking to me about this. And I always have always wanted, uh, I've always liked that airplane. And I've been looking at it a lot. So I go, Ooh, I'll just do a conversion. Talking to Ali who, from, from Horizon slash Hangar 9. He's like, oh, no, no. That airplane on electric is great. But I'm at a flying field. 
I now have the opportunity to actually own a fuel-based aircraft. And and so I'm snickering as, uh, as Joshua Orchard was on the show, you know, claiming, you know, oh, I will never fly a gas or a fuel-based aircraft. And, you know, lo and behold, poor Joshua has now crashed two of his uh, two fuel-based aircraft. Uh, not his fault, technical issues and stuff like that. I think well, maybe one might have been a little optimistic on, the, on a dive or something. Anyhow, I digress on that. Uh, the point being... I thought I had the perfect plan hatched, you know, and so I would have been driving home uh, from Ohio at this point with a carbon, a Hangar 9 carbon cub in the back of my car. Fortunately, the borders are closed. We don't know when they're going to be open, and I don't know when it logistically is going to be safe for me to actually travel to the U.S. to go and pick up this uh, this airplane. Um if I have to wait, it will be unfortunate. Maybe I'll plan a spring trip because my distance between, ironically enough, Ohio and Flight Fest are exactly in the midpoint between John and I, uh, who's in Illinois. So, so I'm either going to wait or I'm going to take a really long, you know, 16 hours each way kind of thing. Probably stop in Ohio, hop over, see John, get the plane, come back and loop back and everything. But, uh, and maybe with a co-pilot, who knows, co-driver. Um, it's all up in the air, literally, figuratively. Hmm. The future is in the up in the air. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with an idea for this, this, uh, this podcast. So, I'll put some more photos of it. This plane is mint beautiful. I think the pilot flew it like, you know, 10 times or something like that he was saying. And uh, I'm just calling out my notes so I can actually tell you what's in it. So it is a, so it's a Hangar 9 Carbon Cob 15cc 90 inch wingspan. Uh, it's got an RC GF 20cc uh, rear exit stinger uh, um, gas engine. So that's a single stroke. Uh, it's got a nice little fuel tank in there. Again, I, you start pricing out the servos on this thing, and I can't even, you know, I can't even, you know, start to build it for what I paid for it. Um, I'm putting in an eight-channel Spectrum. I initially had ordered a nine, and that is now into another aircraft. It's got two Hobbyco Life Source uh, flight packs, uh, so one for the receiver, one for the ignition. And uh, 16 by 10 prop. It's got a nice big aluminum spinner and six inch tires versus the stock five. Um, talking to a couple other people, they might say I might find the aircraft a little draggy and stuff, and that motor might be too big, but I'll worry about that. And if I'm not satisfied, I'll convert it to an electric or something, fly it on 6S or 8S or whatever. But I'm just, I was just excited to finally have a fuel-based aircraft. So I'd been going through and, and doing all the steps and everything. And the reality was afterwards that, like, look, I'm just not going to be able to get this aircraft home. And that really, really bummed me out. And uh, the, the, the local guys and uh, some of the other influencers, uh, you know, started poking around and trying to make recommendations on what I could do and everything. And I'm like, no, I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm like checking the box. I own a Carbon Cub, a Hangar 9, uh, you know, and it looks great. Like I said, I'll share photos of it. And I was really content where with this hobby and that, that was the big purchase for, for the Ohio trip. Uh, last year I brought home, um, Norman and, uh, which I've crashed and I got to rebuild. Uh, I, the, the Mamba 10 and a few other things. And then the year before that was the flex jet. So, you know, on a nice little roll as far as, 
uh, acquisitions. And that was going to be, you know, the, the whole gist of that aircraft coming home was it would have been tax-free and everything. So it would have been perfect. Um, and at this point, if I go and I go to the U.S., I have to be in the U.S. for 48 hours. So two days. So I have to make the trip, you know, worthwhile. So even if I got to Ohio, I have to actually stay U.S. bound for a couple of days. So it's almost worth the long drive to uh, John's place to pick it up and then coming back because in, I'm guaranteed I'm in the U.S. for 48 hours. So, <sighs> so it's uh, it'll be interesting. So we'll revisit this topic and this subject matter into the fall if uh, if the borders reopen and and things are safe enough to travel. Otherwise. Boy, it's going to be a long winter, and that plane will be uh, sitting with uh, with John, just having a little bit of fun. So that's that. Uh, again, fantastic airplane. I have to come up with a name for it, and uh, we were throwing around, uh, very cheekily, throwing around the idea of naming it Corona, as in Corona beer, and putting a logo on the side and the doors. But we'll let that percolate. We'll let that decide, because um, I think this air, one of these airplanes kind of deserve names. So... So as I said, the local guys and some other friends were really on me because I told them, I'm like, well, this is what's going on. I'm kind of bummed about this. And we started looking around for um, other options. Um, I like flying electric a lot. Um, but if I've got to pay to be a membership of a field that's really well suited for gas airplanes. Uh, so I started looking and the guys and I were flipping back. Um, we have our, our, our group here in Canada, the RC Canada page, and there were a couple of interesting ads, and one caught my attention, and uh, you know, Chris Gooden and a few other guys had been really pushing me on 3D, and I'd, you know, I'm in the simulators and everything, and unfortunately, something did spark my interest, and I took, uh, I took a little drive, uh, a few weeks ago now, I don't know if I've got the date uh, for when I got this one, but I think I've had it in the in the garage now for about a month, and I've been slowly working on it. It was a really fantastic excuse to actually do some garage cleanup and everything, and it kind of forced me to reorganize that garage. That garage, when I was racing, was immaculate. All the tools were always put away. I knew where everything was. And in the last couple of years, the poor garage has not received the attention it needed. So we finished the drywall off. We, we had to come up with a mounting system and everything. Um, I will start socializing this aircraft. And I haven't been doing it. I put up one photo on social media, one. And it was a cowl and, and the, the back plate of the uh, prop adapter. Just, you know, because I wanted to wait. I wanted this one to come out when it, when I was ready because I took time, uh, one, to get to know the aircraft and go over all the all the features of it, and two, there were a couple things I needed to change. The biggest being I uh, decided that the wood prop was, I don't know what brand it was, but it was, so there's now a Falcon uh, prop on there, and I, I, I put out that photo, and you want to talk about intimidation factor, when you're drilling into a $150 prop, but luckily one of the club members had an adapter, so it, it went fine, actually. It was it was quite easy to do. Um, and I did replace all the the uh, lithium-ion packs. There was one pack that was dated that, that had actually failed, and it was dated from 2010. So, uh, no, 2004. So, you know, the, the pack itself is 16 
Yeah, 16 years old. I was right. And another one was 2010 and then the third. So it has three packs on board. I replaced them all with Spectrum Life packs or uh, LEFEs. Yeah, LIFEs. Yeah. Um, so two 3000s running the battery system. So the receiver system. So there's redundancy there. There's a uh, smart fly uh, board on board. It's, so it takes care of all the power and everything. Um, so technically I have two sources of power coming in. But if your radio fails, if your receiver fails, doesn't matter, right? So still a single point unless you're running dual receivers, which is crazy. Uh, and then the ignition pack, I put a 2200, and I only did that because it was tight at the top. Um, there was a ton, an absolute ton of nose weight on this aircraft, and we don't know why. Uh, one of the comments from another friend who, do, who flies 3Ds was, this plane is spec for a twin 70. I currently have, or it came with, a um, EME 60. CC, it has ignition and all this stuff. I put a nine channel receiver, spectrum receiver with twin uh, satellites in it in different orientations. So the theory is if I'm in some weird position and it's got all the servos and everything. So again, I couldn't build an airframe. I actually was looking at a, an extreme flight and the cost of importing it was more than the airframe itself. And then I still needed. What one, two, three, four, five, six, like a ton of servos. I think this plane has seven or eight servos on board because you have the fuel, you have the, the throttle, there's one on the clutch, uh, both ailerons, two on the rudder and the elevator, one on the rudder, and it just goes on, right? So once you actually start adding things up, building this aircraft new was just crazy expensive. And I know it's a 3D plane. Um, it's an RC, sorry, pilot RC extra 330 SC uh, 92 inch so it's a previous model it's an older it's now a discontinued model um, it fits in the car just fits in the car I have to take it all apart wings come off and everything the canopy has to come off the rudder has to come off they, and and that was the uh, that was the sale the, the clinching sale when I read that I'm like okay this might actually fit and it it fits just just fits in my car um, completely disassembled, and so it's 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 up there with the, some of the crazier airplanes as far as size. And it lives in the garage. And I as I said, I went to put it on my bench and realized, wow, I you know I actually need the bench to be longer. Uh, so I went out to Home Depot or ordered from Home Depot online. I had some wood in there, and I I put casters on all my benches. And actually built a platform for the, the the front wheels to go on to. And on the back of the bench, I put a little kick uh, table end of it. And everything, you, you tie-lined it down and everything with some bungee cords. So the airplane will actually not move when I'm in there working on it. And then we built a, um, I built a mount. Uh, my dad and I came over. Jeremy, one of my buddies here, had passed me some carbon fiber tubes, which were just the right width for the wing tube. And I'd seen some really cool examples online of how people mount these things in trailers. So we built like this this L-shaped hook system that hangs off the top of the ceiling, and I can literally pop the plane up with 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 the uh, carbon fiber tube in the spar line. And uh, it hangs there quite well. And so I'm going to do the same thing with the Cub when, when it arrives. But the sheer size of this airplane is impressive. Um, now, I know a lot of you go, oh, not a 3D plane, right? I got that right away from a few people. And I, I don't look at the 3D plane as a problem because if I do get tired of the type of flying, if it doesn't challenge me or it doesn't bring me the kind of excitement that I'm looking for, I have a 60cc gas motor with a really nice silent, uh, silencer canister on it and everything, all the components, 
and I can just, you know, I could strip everything out, sell the airframe, and uh, and move on, and, and you know, look at like um, I guess a timber would be great, you know, like it's another high wing, but I don't want to replicate that experience because I now have the biplane, I now have the high wing hub eventually, and I have a 3D plane. And talking to Tyler, who works at Great Hobbies, a good buddy of mine, a good reference point, uh, he's like, look, in, in the worst windy conditions and stuff like this, you don't have to fly 3D. I mean, and I do enjoy flying aerobatic. He says, but this aircraft will take all these conditions with no problem and should be able to handle the field with no problem. So it's just a different style of airplane. You've got tons of control authority and everything and, you know, go up and, and, and learn, you know, get, get up high enough and everything and enjoy the gas squares. So we'll talk through the first time I fired this thing up and I'm waiting to do a video and I would have done a video that day, but the, even the, the spectrum remote died. We'll talk about my spectrum remote experience too, because there's some things I've been learning about this radio as I go through and go, huh? So I towed this thing out. Actually, I, you know, I got it into the backyard. Didn't have to assemble it because I have a, I had a, a bigger gate for when I had the race car trailer and I get it out there. It is unbelievably hot. And I, I roll the cameras and I can't get this thing to start. And I'm talking to everybody online and going, what is going on? And, and my analysis was I didn't think I was getting fuel. And I'm trying and trying and trying. So two hours later, I'm drenched. I'm, I'm just frustrated because it's just too hot to be doing this kind of thing. So I roll the plane back into the garage. After dinner, I come out and I, I strap the plane <laughs> to the tree in the front yard. Yeah, stupid. But, you know, I, I didn't actually anticipate it going, but I was just taking all the safety measures. Put on a glove, and I'm like, look, I built a 1.8 liter twin overhead cam race engine for my Fiat race car. I'm like, this should not be a stumbling block. Pulled out, initially it pulled out the um, uh, spark plug and thought it was wet in in hindsight it was just uh obviously marvel oil had been used to store the motor over over the winter and stuff like this and so i'm like okay principles here are pretty simple fuel fire air what am i not getting and uh so i put on a glove open the choke after i learned what choke open and throttle i mean this is a whole learning experience honestly for me too i was like okay choke open the butterfly is open i can see the throttle so i know my servos are going in the right direction learning all this stuff setting the radio up so open the choke throttle open and i just get there and i start turning and turning and turning and turning and turning closing throttle just modulating it and i can actually finally see into the fuel line i can see fuel being drawn in the motor and i finally can smell it and if you watch any of the startup videos, they're all like, well, with the choke on, ignition on, and all this stuff, you throw it over, bump, 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 and it should go, boom, and sputter, sputter to life and die, right? Because the choke is open. And then you do it again with the, with the choke closed, and it's supposed to come to life. Well, frag. <laughs> um, so I close the choke. Throttle is set. Just a bump up, not a lot, like quarter throttle. And sure enough, after two or three times, and there was no sputter to life. It was, boom, it came up. And I actually have video and I jump. I must have jumped back like 10 feet. I just wasn't expecting it. I mean, it was completely safe. I was completely aware of the prop. And this thing is a freaking, what is it, a 24 by 10 prop. It's a huge prop. So I'm like, okay. 
And I was really happy. I got a photo of the prop spinning. You know, the cow is off because I was looking at the motor. Actually, I had retuned. Um, I'd taken the screws down because I wasn't sure what was going on there. So I reset everything to the factory, which means now, of course, I've got to retune this motor um, because obviously it was probably set by the previous owner, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, it's running. I'm all excited, and I, um, I bumped the remote down. Um, because I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get my cameras now and shoot this thing running so at least capture the sound. And, and the Spectrum radio goes, beep, 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 battery's done. And I'm like, well, we're finished for the day, but mission mission accomplished. So since then, I've not run the airplane, but I've put in the batteries and all this. I've stripped off that forward weight. The, the CG actually feels proper, and that's with like a very minimal amount of fuel on it because obviously when you're flying a fuel-based aircraft, you want your CG when the tank is uh, tank is empty, right? Because if you set it up when the tank is full... You're going to go tail heavy, right? Uh, as, as the tank, you know, your CG is shifting because your tank is emptying. So, so you're supposed to do this with a low to no fuel tank on board because you take off and you should be a little bit nose heavy. And ah, I'm going to fly nose heavy anyhow, and I'm not going to be going too crazy. Um, so it's a cool looking aircraft. I've sat there for, you know, 10, 15 minutes just looking it over. Um, orange and everything, the colors are perfect and everything. It's just, it's striking. It's big. Uh, those servo movements are just insane, like when those ailerons are being flicked around and everything. So I did put on, as I said, I put on a uh, Falcon carbon fiber prop, uh, and that's a gas uh, 24 by 10. Uh, I put an ignition kill onto it because that was one thing that I wasn't satisfied. It was switch-based. And I'm like, look, for t- for, for for whatever it is, $30, I'm going to go put it in this thing. And then I can, uh, so I, arming-wise, turn that on and then i have a switch on my remote as well so you turn it on at the uh, at the aircraft um the whole the smart board actually has a switch base too so the previous owner or whoever had set it up used a kill uh, sorry a bind plug so you pop that in you pull that out and then you pull the bind plug out that turns on everything so you have voltage coming across two boards the board drops everything down to five volts for the receiver everything is plugged into that receiver um again nine channel spectrum and off we go. And so I've been programming up my radio with the rates and everything. Uh, and I actually had to f- put sounds into the radio because there was no ignition on and off. And there was no choke on and off. And this is just audio cues that I enjoy having uh, rather than looking into the aircraft and everything. Um, like I said, it's got the module on board. So actually I'm going to be kind of curious to see when I start looking at it. Because the ignition module actually has an RPM gauge. Uh, but of course the RPM gauge you can't see with the canopy on which makes really no sense so I might actually move it back as I go through and all the battery stuff and everything I had to actually retrace all the wiring runs and the the nice thing with the lithium ion packs plugged into this board and everything was I could charge I could technically charge those from the system and same thing for the ignition. That would go into as a slot on the switch and everything. But now that I've gone with batteries with uh, balance tabs and everything, I actually had to add the wiring because it runs out of the cowl. You take the cowl off. You have to remove the spinner, the four screws going into the uh, the prop, uh, the prop black plate, and, and so forth, and then get the cowl off, which is another big process, especially once I put the new batteries in. So I'm like, no, let's run some cords through. So I put on um, balance tabs. And I put on extensions uh, that go from EC3s to XT60s. And then I built long extensions for the charger rig and, and set the charger up so it will charge all those batteries and everything. So in theory, 
it should work. It's a little bit more mass and everything, but you know, I took out all that, that 400 grams of weight. So the batteries added a little bit and the way they sit. So in theory, my CG should be correct. Uh, we'll re-verify that. I'm actually, the one of the tips I always told was run some string over the uh, spars and then hang the plane. Uh, but I've also been able to pick it up at the point, like I said. So, uh, so yeah, a nine channel spectrum, um, uh, nine channel spectrum receiver with two with satellites. It's a nice receiver, but it's a royal pain to get your connectors into it. I found so once everything was connected, I'm like nothing is coming out because it's it's really tight. I don't know why they make them so tight and they invert them. So you're trying, you're pushing them in, you're trying to get them in nice. You try not to break any cables or anything like this. So it was really take. I took my time because I wanted to get it right and connected. And I guess that's the nice thing about flying the DX9. It's, it has enough channels for this thing. So I think I've got like one channel left after everything. So eight channels uh, used up with one in reserve. So that's not bad. Uh, so it allows me to have all the finite controls. And like I said, I actually had to download the Spectrum audio uh, software and uh, so I could add those sounds. So... Choke on and off was just two sounds I found and, and actually had to run them through a wave converter to drop them down. And I actually had them on my FR Sky. And then the ignition on and off is the, from the Amber sound pack as well. So I'm running multiple sounds of voice differences. But the point, like I said, the, the references are there. The callouts are there for me. So maximum safety. And um, through all these experiences, uh, especially with the Spectrum Radio, I'm learning about how to control it. I had mentioned that um, previously that I was having an issue getting the rates to do what I wanted to do. I couldn't get a middle rate. Uh, it was just high and low. Anyhow, I've learned how to do that, gone into the radio, figured out where to put all that stuff, and now I'm slowly converting all the other airplanes that I'm going to be flying on the off the uh, DX9 so that the throws are on my side. Um, the issue I learned is I, I do a hybrid pinch, right? So my thumb is on my throttle control, which means I don't have the reach to grab those controls up there. And that's where the default spectrum, that's where your rates are and your flaps are and stuff like that. For me, it's on the opposite side. So the tall, the innermost tall, and like on the FR Sky, the innermost tall um, three-way switch is my flaps, right? It's just easy to grab. And I can do that with my, with my finger on my, uh, on my aileron controls. And then the, the outer one, the, the shorter one is usually my rates. And then I have gear and, uh, my throttle cuddle is on the left, is on the left one low. So in this airplane, uh, the rates are on that, uh, they're on that far right. Uh, there's no flaps or anything like that on this airplane. And then I've got ignition kill and choke are the two uh, on the right side, the yeah, left side. Yeah. Jeez. You can see how this can be confusing. And so, so my goal throughout all this is just to have the same setups through all my airplanes. And that comes back to just muscle memory. And if you get into an emergency, I'm not throwing switches like crazy trying to find something. So that's just my philosophy on those things. So I'm excited about this experience. I Once the weather is a little bit nicer, um, I've, uh, Tyler's offered to take me out with his aircraft because this will obviously will be my first gas flight. <laughs> um, and we're going to test it out. We want to do the highs and lows screws and just check the loads and everything. So it definitely needs to be at the field for that where I can have it strapped against our lean, against the, the startup posts and stuff like this. And then we can take it out to a nice spot. And between him and I, we, we can uh, we can get it up flying nice and, nice and clean, check all the rates and everything. I'm going to go over all the servos. I will run it up in, in the backyard one more time. 
just because I want, I want the, you guys to be able to hear that motor. Uh, I was surprised just how nice it was. I mean, it's, it's, it's a 60 cc single stroke. What did my father-in-law say? He says my first motorcycle had less less horsepower, <laughs> and I believe it. I mean, it's it's pretty cool to see these packages. Um, so I'm excited. I have to say, I'm this one. I'm excited about. I'm excited about the Cub, and obviously, the biplane, uh, the Waco Taco, uh, will will get uh, will get into the air uh, at some point. Um, as I said in some of the earlier shows. 2020 is going to bleed into 21 um, effectively because just circumstances we don't have, uh, you know, control over. So, um, so there you go. Andre has biplanes. He's got uh, he's got two gas planes and everything, and he's going to be on this interesting little adventure. I I don't know why I referred to myself in the third, but I just did. So, another big shout out to Brian from Wingnut Tech, um, my radiant control board, and I've got it. His I got to send the other one back. Um, we discovered, or I discovered, it would work right on the bench, the servo tester. And for whatever reason, it would not take a single from from a receiver. So uh, shout out to Brian for sending me out another one. Uh, so my Radiant is basically ready. I've got the, oh, it's a GSA, whatever, the little, the little, I think I went with the six channel, sorry. I uh, didn't have a reason to go for the eight channel. Um but I picked that up in Ohio last year, yes. So that the night rating has yet to fly. Um, but it will now because uh, it's going to be all set up. So I've got that. It's the FR Sky with the telemetry and Vario built into it. And I've got the receive, the, the the new light controller, which is definitely working. So, you know, we'll, we'll go up there and do some disco mode stuff and have some fun. I'll uh, see if I can get my buddy uh, Captain Drone to chase me. And we'll get some good aerial shots of that aircraft flying. So, ah. <sighs> It's, um, the year's weird, as I've mentioned before, it's very weird. Uh, and I'm taking, I take everything once at a time. I'm really focused on making sure I enjoy this hobby. And I, I guess that's why you probably haven't seen a lot of video. I'll, now the garage is done, I will actually get a point, make a point of sitting down with a camera and shoot a video. Um, I do apologize for not shooting more content. I find when I'm in a mood and need the build time the music is going and everything and the cameras are away they're put away and i'm just gonna chill and enjoy it and speaking of builds i got my battery for the dream flight so bill that's coming that's gonna be built thank you sir so that's the dream flight label i ordered a battery pack for it um i thought about doing like a lipo setup or something and I didn't want to carve away at the front of the aircraft. And the stupid battery was, the shipping was more than the battery, which is atrocious. But at least it made it. So that is sitting over here in the next uh, the next free minute. I have to build that. It's definitely going to get put together. Um, so look forward to, to look, look, look for my review on that aircraft. And that will definitely be done because that's something I'm looking forward to. It's small enough. Little DLGs are a treat because you can just leave them in the car and go. Um, and that one is running on an FR Sky as well. I probably could get away with running it on like an orange RX and just devote a radio to it, which actually is a really good idea. But you need a minimum of six channels, so one for the power and then all four servos because you want your ailerons on independent. That way you can tweak it and everything. So... Yeah, so actually that's a really good idea. I do have an orange RX sitting there or the extra FR Sky, but just, you know, a radio setup, 
that you can put into the car real quick, but most time if I'm flying something like this, I'm going to have my full setup with me. So I'm already bringing two radios to the field, which is more than I want. Um, hearing a lot of chatter about the the jumper and a few other radios. I know, um, oh, what's the brand name? Uh, Radio Masters. That's what it was. They've got a new product out. I'm going to try and look at the yeah, Radio Master um, TX16S. So I'm going to try and look at those and the ju- uh, the jumper as well. Um, just stuff I can get my hands on from from Captain Drone, just to give you guys an insight to it. Uh, I really, like I said, I'm really satisfied with having the two different protocols. The and I think these radios are kind of neat. I still really like having that spectrum. My big grind and beef with Spectrum is to do anything telemetry related. It is way too expensive compared to what I can get on my FR Sky. So uh, until I have a reason to retire my Tyrannus and I have a backup Tyrannus and I have a DX6 as well, I'm sticking with the main stuff. But these radios, if they, if I had gotten back, in, if I was getting into the hobby now, these would be the go-to radios because they're multi-spectrum. They have all the bells and whistles. The price from an economical standpoint is there. So what's not to like about them? So if I can get my hands on them and review them, I will, uh, and we'll go from there. So it's not a long podcast. Um there's no flight fest to talk about. There's no thing to dream about. There's not, I'm so sorry. I really am. I was looking forward to seeing my friends so badly. Um, but okay, let's talk about the future then really quickly before we wrap the show up and everything. This episode, like I said, would have been the one that where Chris and Mike basically said, yeah, where Chris said, we're done. So the next episode marks my one year, so in August, will mark my one year running a show. Like I said, keep the stuff in your mind. Think about it. Help me guide the show. Tell me what you're looking for. We've had this discussion before. We've had guests on and everything, but I've, I've kind of started to run out of people to talk to and uh, it's that summertime thing so looking for topics basically looking for ideas still want to revamp the logo still want to come up with something new and fresh and do another run of t-shirts and everything uh, just to keep you guys going um, new batch of blame Andre well, blame Andre has become less and less but it's still there you know I'm, I'm playing maybe you guys will start looking at gas engines after I start flying the sucker who knows um, so keep that in mind uh, Patreons, thank you, everybody. Thank you for all the support uh, and the and the encouragement. Um, it means a lot. Um, we'll keep going. I want to uh, make sure you guys are taken care of, especially come the one-year mark. Just as a big thank you. So thinking about some ideas. I only got a few days to do that, but, you know, I'll get to it. So there we go. Uh, it's a quick episode. I apologize for no guests. I will see who we can wrangle up for the next show. Um, but... I'm enjoying this. I am um, sorry for not getting out on an episode sooner in the month. I was kind of just pushing way through the hobby, enjoying July as to the best I can and just trying to manage work and everything. So busy guy, busy times. Um, stay safe, be smart, wear your masks, uh, follow that social distancing and all that other stuff. Um, but most important, just take care of yourself. Enjoy the hobby. And again, a big, big, big thank you. I'm Andre. This is episode 77 of the RC After Hours podcast. Thanks for listening.